Hey there, and welcome back to Health, Wealth and Happiness. I'm James. I'm Joe. And today's guest is Vikas Aurora, full-time expert at Microsoft and LinkedIn. From overcoming depression to hosting on the largest European stage with none other than Bob Proctor, it's a pleasure to have this man on in a hot seat. Vikas, it's great to have you on and learn about the secrets to your success. How are you, sir? I'm growing. Thank you, James, Joe. Thank you both for having me on. Really honoured. Pleasure. Fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah, it's fantastic to have you on. Tell us a little bit more about you. I'm sure the guys are wondering as well. Who is Vikas? <laughs> so, um, yeah, I've, uh, I'm, a, I'm a father of three. I've got three boys, uh, 23, 18 and 17. I hope I know 20 and 17. I hope I got that right. They're going to kill me later. Um, and uh, I'm married to my college sweetheart now, just over 25 years. So we just recently celebrated our silver wedding anniversary in lockdown, um, which was actually quite nice. And Keep I've been, uh, work, thank you, working in the corporate world now for, well, God, over 25 years with brands such as Ericsson, Vodafone, Barclays, Microsoft, and now LinkedIn. Um, so that, that's a little bit about me. Um, I also run two businesses on the side. So I uh, just thought I'd throw that in. <laughs> Casual. So, so, so what are the businesses that you so um, one of them well, I'm going to tap into, which is what brought me close to Bob Proctor. I'm uh, working actually with his wife in, in partnership with his wife, Linda Proctor, uh, in a network marketing company. Um, but also I uh, just literally, about, I think about uh, just over four months, five months ago, kicked off, officially kicked off my uh, coaching business, business and mindset transformation. Um, something that, that I've been following for over four and a half years now and it's really helped me grow. And I felt that people my age, I'm coming close to 50. So, uh, you know, people my age are kind of core and looking at, you know, what, what's next in life. So, uh, yeah, so I've got a coaching business and a network marketing business, online marketing business. Just going back here, you said with Microsoft and LinkedIn, firstly, that's, that's how you got into that. How did you get into that? Where did it all start for you? So it's funny thing. So when, when I, um, I had a bit of a kind of a, an unstable, I would say, ac- uh, um, academic career, academic sort of journey, um, you know, um, I came back, I was living in India in my teen years, um, came back to the UK when I was about 13, messed up my O-levels big time, uh, as many people do at that time. Uh, they were O-levels then, so uh, I was a, kind of the guinea pig. James won't know what they are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, for those who don't know what O-levels are. Ask they, they James, actually, Dad, he'll know what O-levels are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I was I was the guinea pig for the GCSEs when they first came out, and then um, I kind of picked myself up and thought, you know what, I need to need to kind of get back uh, into into the rain. I have to do my degree. Uh, graduated two years later than everyone else, um, but Microsoft at the time I was using the platform sort of in and out, you know, uh, Office 2000 and or 95, whatever it was at the time. Uh, got way before your time, James. <laughs> and um, um, it, the company stood out for me, right? Because everywhere I went, when I did my work experience, when I, you know, my Saturday job, college, university, the, the brand stood in my face. I thought, I'd love to work for these guys. So when I graduated, I, uh, uh, I started, uh, I did a degree in financial services, um, okay. but went into tech for some reason. You know, did, did, did the thing that every Indian would do, you know, either become an accountant <laughs> or, a, or a lawyer, not that I wanted to. Um, and went into uh, tech with Ericsson, but I applied every year on September the 5th because, you know, around graduation, you know, that's kind of when you, what you apply for all the intakes, right? Um, I applied to Microsoft. Um, I did that for about close to, I would say, 10 years. Uh, wow. And then the one year I didn't do it, I actually fell ill. Um, I got headhunted by Microsoft. 
So okay. uh, um, it kind of made me think, oh, that was, that's a bit weird. Um, and I've been there now just over 15, 15, I'm in my 15th year now. So how did the, so where did the connection come with Bob, with Bob Proctor? Um, so about um, six, seven years ago, my wife introduced uh, The Secret to us. Uh, for those of you that haven't seen The Secret, Red Secret, Bob Proctor features preeminently in that. And for some reason, out of all the people, the two people, three people that stood out for me were Bob Proctor, uh, Reverend Michael Beckwith, Go the Dreadlocks, and the lovely sort of soft voice, and Lisa Nichols. Um, and Bob was almost like to me, I thought it was Colonel K on TV, you know, without the beard. That's because he had the white suit on. So uh, I remember getting up and saying to my family that I'm going to meet this guy one day. And I didn't know about the law of attraction. It's only that was my first sort of introduction to the law of attraction was him. And I just put it out there. That if I'm going to attract him, I'm going to meet this guy one day. Look, little did I know that literally sort of eight years later, I would be on stage with him, let alone, you know, kind of working with his wife. Um, and that's how it happened. So um, I was introduced to uh, a company called Zedra International by an Instagram friend. And she is a very close friend of Linda Proctor and Bob Proctor. And that's kind of the connections through. But uh, yeah, so we've uh, been on that path now for over four and a half years. Tell us about the story that um, you were telling me before we hopped on. I thought it was fascinating when you actually <laughs> yeah. met Bob's wife um, and it all came to fruition. How did it all play out? So it, it, it's funny thing. So, you know, having been in the, uh, the network marketing business, I mean, this is my first dip into online marketing and I've never done it before. Um, so it's quite new to me. You know, I heard all the kind of, you know, uh, all the stories about what it does. And I thought, you know what, more than anything for me, the turning point in my life, because obviously I was around uh, 45, 46 at the time, a bit of a midlife crisis and um, questioning what I want to do, questioning where I, I, what purpose do I have? Um, you know, what am I here to do? And um, I came across this, you know, this lady, Marnie Kay, who introduced me to Linda. And uh, it's funny, when I met Linda, it didn't click. Even though her surname, Proctor, it didn't click. It's like when you hear the word Smith, you don't really think that it could be someone famous. Um, and it was only sort of uh, two hours into this, um, this kind of mindset. Uh, it was a closed mindset leadership group in, at a dojo in Nice that uh, when she said, I'm the wife of Bob Proctor, and I was like, whoa, uh, I'm, I'm like, you know, one step away from Bob. Um, and then 18 months later, so this is 2018, Christmas 2018, we, we had our first European event in January last year in Frankfurt. And um, she phoned me up and she said, uh, literally her words were, so Vikas, are you coming to Frankfurt? I went, yes, I am. She goes, right, okay, so a few things. When you're on stage with Bob, and I was like, sorry. <laughs> Start again. <laughs> Uh, what do you mean on stage with Bob? She goes, you are hosting the event, aren't you? And I went, uh, am I? <laughs> and she went, yes, you are. And then she just carried on. So when you're on stage with Bob, and it was phenomenal. I, I literally didn't listen to a word she said after that um, because it was. this is the 23rd. And I, I, I went, went into the bedroom and said to my wife, what just happened? She goes, did you say you're on stage with Bob? And I went, yeah. She went, Bob, Bob Proctor? And I went, yeah. She goes, are you sure? Went, yes. And, and that's kind of how it started. And uh, it was a phenomenal experience um i mean he's uh, you know I, i've seen him you know youtube videos and, and other bits and pieces but this was me and him one-to-one -one, having a laugh i actually held for those of you that know him he he carries around thinking very rich the original that he's had for the last well god knows 50 years it's like held together with tape and i actually held the book um he actually asked me to put more rubber band around it so i actually 
put more rubber band around his book, which is pieced together with four or five of those thick industrial elastic bands. Phenomenal. Um, and he carries that around. So um, th th there's a point um, during the event where uh, I'm about to walk on stage and he he's basically bringing me on as, as, as the MC. And he held my hand. There's a photo of me on Facebook where I've got one foot on the stage and one foot off. And he's holding my hand and he looks at me and there's a thousand people behind me. And he said, um, his words were, I see in you what you cannot see. When you do see it, your life will be amazing. And that, those words just phenomenally changed my life. And when he looks at you, he looks into you. He never looks at you. He always looks into you. And that you can really feel it. And it was a, it changed my, that, that changed my life. That put me on my, my path to, to coaching. It gave more meaning to my purpose of being in the service of others. So, so when you found yourself on that stage with Bob in the moment there and then, what are you thinking all those years back when you, uh, you openly talk about it, when you're going through depression and everything else, and now you find yourself on the European stage, what are you thinking? How have you got from where you were to where you are now on the stage? What's that like? It's funny because since that day, I have looked back, looked back at every event in my life that has happened and realized that that was the law of attraction, that you know, I started to believe in what at one point I thought was the mumbo jumbo that all these guys are talking about bollocks. Um, and so if I can say that word, that's going to worry. Don't say a lot worse. Don't worry about that. <laughs> but, but to many people, it is right. To many people, they, they don't really see it. I think we're in, we're in a current, the current challenging times that we have right now. We need to believe in it more so than ever. And when you look back, if I look back in my life, I actually think that I had to go through that to get where I am today, you know, because I'm questioning why did this not happen to me when I was younger? Why didn't, why, why, why didn't I wake up when in my early 20s or in my early 30s? Like some people are, like people like Jay Shetty have done, right? But I think that I've had to go through that journey of trauma, picking myself up, trauma, picking myself up, to actually build the resilience and build the knowledge within me to get a better understanding of what it is, right? There's a, I think there's a, there's a time and place for everything so to your point James looking back and from that point forward I, I, I literally on the flight back from Frankfurt and since that day I've been having aha moments where I go to my oh that's why it happened and so you know when you think about the years gap when I didn't apply for Microsoft I had expectations every year I applied yeah so, so Reverend Michael Becker talks about you know uh, the law of attractions being a wishing well you know, when you throw the coin in the wishing well you walk away, you forget about it, and your wish may come true a day, two days, two months, three years, ten years later, but you have no attachment to that wish you made in the well. It's exactly the same thing, right? The moment I detach myself from the expectation, the universe said, oh, you're ready now. I do, okay, so here's my only issue with the law of attraction, okay? I, I, I completely agree with you, and again, I, I think the mind is a very powerful thing. But I also think it requires action as well. Totally. So from this, from, okay, so what I'm interested in is from that day where you said to your family, I'm going to meet him, to the day that you got on stage with him, there must have been actions you took along that way that affirmed what you really wanted. I agree. I know totally. I agree. You know what? I think, you know, the, the, and, and you know, what? I'm glad you said that, Joe, because many people think, yeah, the law of attraction, I'm going to make a wish. And I'm just going to sit back and chill out and, you know, play Call of Duty or FIFA and just, you know, the world's going to deliver. It ain't going to happen because yeah, you're right. You, you need to, 
Yeah, sorry, just with my view on this, this is why for 99% of people, it doesn't work. Because like I said, everyone yeah. says they want it, but only the one or the 2% actually take action. Thoughts are nothing without action. And only Hopefully. a very small percentage yeah. of people are willing to put the work and put the effort, effort in that affirms yeah. what they actually say that they want. Um, yeah. So, yeah. No, I agree. El Nightingale says that, um, you know, thoughts are the foundation that create the movement to actually lead us to our goal. So, you know, it's important, you know, um, and, and even, you know, you think you look back at what Mahatma Gandhi says, you know, um, our thoughts define who we are. Not only do they define who we are, but they also define the action we take. Nothing's going to happen unless you move. Nothing's going to happen unless you take action. It's simply like, you know, you want to go to the gym, right? You ain't going to, you ain't going to get there by just sitting on your ass and, you know, sipping and having a Big Mac and a milkshake. You've actually got to put your shorts on. I, you know, I remember one, um, uh, I had a, um, and, and, you know, uh, James knows this. I, I know uh, a well-known sort of British retired Olympic athlete. And I, I asked him that, you know, how do you motivate yourself now that you're retired? How do you motivate yourself to get outside from the gym, right? Because this has been your career. Now you've got to look for fun. And, uh, and he said, one step at a time, the first thing I do is I take my pajamas off and I put my shorts on. Number one, then I'll go and put my t-shirt on, maybe walk around for 10, 15 minutes. Then I'll go and put my socks and my trainers on. And now I'm like, well, shit, I've got to get ready now. I've got to get my to go out for a run. And, and he said, that's kind of as simple as that. You have to take action, small bits of action. You know, every, every action we take, it could be picking up that book to, to learn a little bit more once I watch The Secret, watching it over and over again and seeing that, you know, researching these people and what they've done and actually knowing that, okay, Bob used to clean toilets when he was a kid, right? Literally, that's how his life started. He used to have a toilet brush, a sponge, and some cleaner. That was his life. And that's where PGI Institute has, has come about from. So, you know, Jack Canfield, that wrote Chicken Soup for the Soul, used to write on the back of Post-it notes and the back of cereal boxes. And that's how his life began. And, and now he's got a, a book that sold millions, billions of copies worldwide. Um, so you're right, 100%. You have to take action. Um, you know, I remember when I got my, um, when I got the call for my interview at Microsoft, I was actually, um, I was signed off for six months. I was uh, working at a management consultancy firm and I was signed off for six months because I, I'd, uh, um, I'd caught, I got hepatitis D and jaundice. Um, so I had severe gut poisoning, not food poisoning, gut poisoning, um, after a trip from India. So I was flat out. Anything I put in my stomach, it wouldn't stay water, forget it. Um, um, best part of my life is I lost tons of weight. Never lost that much weight again. Who needs a PT, James? But, but, but a totally, totally bad experience. But that's when I got the call to have my interview at, at Microsoft. And I was like, my mind was like, I'm not, I can't even get out of bed, let alone put on a suit and shave and, and, and go to Reading. I was living in Hillingdon, so it was like an hour and a half hour's journey. Couldn't drive. But I did it. I got in a taxi. I had, I remember having sort of four cups of coffee in the morning just to kind of wake me up and a bar of dairy milk so I could get that energy going. It was, for some reason, it was the only thing that I could, I could keep was coffee. Um, I did an eight-hour interview, fell asleep in the cab on the way back, and my wife's trying to phone me. She's worried sick. I get home. She goes, you've got to go back tomorrow. I went, what for? She goes, they've offered you the job. <laughs> wow. Fantastic. And, and I was literally, I said, and I, I just went to bed. I was just so, so, I was absolutely fatigued, absolutely tired. 
Um, but you've got to take, the thing is you've got to take action. And that was my mind was stronger than my body. And it said, this is what you've wanted. Yeah. This, is, this is what you applied for nine, 10 years. And now you've got the chance. You've got to take it. So it's, it's taking action, but it's also being in the right place at the right time. Like you said, with the dojo and everything else, um, then everything comes together. Yeah, totally. Love and again, it. I'm with that. I mean, I'm, I'm also a strong believer of talking about being in the right place in the right time. And you always get people that moan, oh, he's so lucky, oh, she's so lucky. My view on this is the harder that you work and the more times you put yourself out there and you put yourself in those situations, the more chances you've got of being lucky. So, again, the, the right place, right time don't get me wrong, some people do get very lucky, and I've been very lucky with certain things in the past if I actually look back, but a lot of it really comes down to hard work. Yeah, fortune favours the brave, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like another one we follow, uh, and I know you do as well, because Tony Robbins is saying that you haven't made it happen yet, you haven't acquired that skill yet. You need to go and acquire that skill. It's just all about acquiring these skills to become the person that we want to become. Uh, I don't know. Go on. Yeah, and, and no, you're, you're absolutely right. Like, you know, one of the things that, you know, that the likes of Tony Robbins, Robert Kiyosaki, Bob Proctor, everything that they, they, they talk about. And the funny thing is that the one thing they always say is that, you know, we, we, we've, we're a product of our environment. And our environment, especially for um, sort of, if we look at the UK education system, and I don't, I don't want to diss it. I don't want to in any way, you know, it's given me the foundations, given many of us the foundation where we are today. Problem is, though, is that it is still based on, uh, what was put together at the Industrial Revolution, right? The bell goes, you walk in, the bell goes, you can't put your hand up at school, you can't argue with the teacher, you can't question, you put, you know, you're, you're told when your break is, you're told when your lunch is, you're told when to go home, you do homework, you re- and repeat. Um, there's very little opportunity for personal growth, for mindset growth in schools nowadays. You know, I had this conversation with my son, my youngest, and I said, and I said okay, yeah, dad, we do do it. I said, when? I said, oh, during assembly, so what, five minutes? Five minutes of personal development of, you know, you read all these books about growth mindset, you think about psychology, you know, we, none of that's taught nowadays. And one thing that Tony Robbins, everyone says now, that education doesn't stop when we get our degree or when we wear the gown. It actually, that's when it really starts. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. when it truly starts. So you have to consistently learn. You have to consistently grow because, you know, your brain is the thing that never ages. It's the one, and you know, it's scientifically proven. Brain never age. Brain doesn't age, right? Even when the body's dead, the brain is still functioning. You know, based on electricity that's in, in in the body, right? So the brain never ages. So you have to constantly feed it as well, in order for it to stay alive, in order for it to grow, in order for you to grow. Yeah, you have to constantly feed it, and that comes from, as you said, James, learning new skills, putting yourself out there. Joe, to your point, challenging yourself so that you can create your luck or at least realize that luck is there because sometimes luck stares us in the face. We're blind. We don't see it because we're not educated. We don't have the skills. We don't have the mindset. Something that you spoke to us about and you're very open about is the start of your journey where you had episodes of depression. I know you're very open about this. What was that like? You know, what enabled you to come through the other side as well? I think first and foremost, um, it was, I only realized later in my life that at that point in time, I was going through depression. So, you know, typically within, uh, within our culture, within the Asian culture, Indian culture, 
you know, depression is not something that's talked about. You know, it's like it's put under the rug. Whether you're whether you're a guy, whether you're a girl, you know, um, and and it just happens. Oh yeah, yeah, you know, because the whole idea of you know you have a close knit family, you're a joint family, it just gets put put under the rug. And I know a few Irish friends as well that very similar culturally because the very tight knit families they think that that if you've got a tight knit family you're fine. But the problem is is that um, depression is something we all deal with. Everyone is going through it. And it's the realization of it that enables us to take action. I think for me personally, knowing later in life um, that I was going through at that point enabled me to kind of think, oh, right, okay, so that was depression. Um, I was, I mean, I was, I, I know in some certain points of my life, I, I actually took drastic action, which I shouldn't have done. You know, I, I almost kind of thought of myself as being. You're stupid, mate. You know, why did you do that? But obviously I'm older. I, you know, when you're older, you kind of got a little bit more sense. You've got a little bit more awareness. You can say that to yourself. The, if I look back, I really, I think if I had the support mechanism available to me, or if we had the strength to say to someone, help me, um, I probably, I, my life would have taken a different course of action, I think. Yeah. Um, I think it's really important nowadays that we do address this as quickly as possible, especially for us guys, right? We, we, we don't tend to be very open about depression. Mental health amongst the, 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 the male gender is far higher than what's actually, I think, than what's actually been, um, you know, put out in the press. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. I, I was part of a charity a couple of years ago with, with Colin Jackson called Go Dad Drone. Um, and uh, the charity was um, focusing on, on two key things, prostate cancer and mental health. You know, Collins had, uh, has, has been a victim to both in his family, um, and it was something that was quite dear to him. And he said, it's something that, that we, it's taboo. Forget, actually, regardless of colour, amongst our gender, it's something that's taboo, because the last thing we want to do is stand up, especially if we're the breadwinner, if we're, you know, our family looking up to us, you know, we don't want to say I'm suffering from depression because that's a sign of weakness. Yeah. And I actually think nowadays we need to be more aware of that because it actually is a sign of strength. If we can be honest and say it, stand up and say that actually, you know, I'm going through this shit at the moment and I need help. Yeah. So, okay. So what would your advice be to someone that is feeling something isn't right, but doesn't actually know if they're depressed or not? Does that, does that make sense? Totally makes sense. Because, I mean, I think if I look back, I was, in, I was one of those people that didn't know it was depression. Like I said, only later in my life when I look back, I realized, oh, I was going through depression. Um, I, my advice, personal advice would be, I, I, if I had to go back and tell my, the 18-year-old version of me or the 24-year-old version of me when I went through those points of my life, I would actually go back and actually, you know, say to him that, look, you need to go and speak to someone. Yeah. Go and speak to your GP. Go and speak to someone neutral. Go and find someone. There are so many people out there that can help you, that can support you. Um, don't, don't be the one. Or speak to someone you love. Talk to the person you love the most and you respect the most and actually share this. Um, because it's important that we do. Um, the more we keep it inside of us, the more of that, that emotion and that feeling and that state that we bottle up within us, later in life it becomes, it turns into anger, it turns into, um, it, 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 turn, it becomes evil within you. It eats you up over time and it can stop you from 
doing the things that you're meant to do, from living life, from truly enjoying life, from having a relationship, from being completely, I think, you know, committed to the relationship in the moment. I think definitely seek help. No matter how big, no matter how small, it, it, it starts with one simple step. First of all, admitting that you have a problem. And I think that's the first step. You've got to admit the fact that you have a problem. And if you don't, if you're unsure, definitely seek help in both occasions. If you are unsure, go and ask someone. Go and speak to uh, your GP. Speak to the Citizens Advice Bureau. Speak to someone that, you know, uh, that can help you. Because, um, you know, I, for everything that the NHS are doing now, even pre-COVID, you know, there are, we're very lucky in this country to have this, right? A yeah. service that where we can go and talk to someone and say, I'm suffering from mental health, or I think I'm going through depression. I can certainly relate to that where you, you, it all really builds from that acceptance point. And that's what I found with myself as well. So I can certainly relate to that. But you've you made huge strides with your own journey to a position now where you're consulting others with mindset coaching now, aren't you? Which yeah. Is fantastic. Yeah especially with coronavirus and everything else that's going on right now, still contemporary, what, what are you doing differently to make sure that you're still on top of this? So um, I've, uh, I used to hate daily rituals, right? I used to think they were a waste of time. Um, you know, I used to think that, oh, what's the point? But um, I've got into the habit now over the last two and a half, three years to practice gratitude and the, the funniest thing is and you know it has totally changed my life because um i used to be grateful for silly things like you know oh grateful i got a car or grateful i've got you know now i'm more grateful about me and my inner self i'm grateful for things like my health and well-being um i'm, I'm grateful that um you know that i have the, the power to understand what's what i need to let go of because i've grown as a person you know what i need to release um you know, I think gratitude is, uh, so many people say, hey, you've got to practice gratitude, you've got to pra practice gratitude. I think gratitude comes from, it's a feeling. You've got to feel it. Um, and it's something that you can, that no one can take away from you. Because whatever you're gra grateful for is personal to you. So that I practice gratitude every morning. Um, I write a prayer. I've got an abundance prayer that my coach has given me. I write that down as well. And I recite it during the day. Uh, I meditate um, and I do a form of any form of exercise and I mix that up. I'll either do some yoga or I'll take the dog for a run. Quite fortunate we've got land behind the house in between us and the golf course where he can go free and I can run with him and he can run as well. Um, any form of exercise, any form of movement I think is important in the morning. I mean, James, yeah, you, you'd advocate to that as well. You know, even if you're going to get up in the morning and blare your music out and dance, I think it's really important because your body is flat throughout the night um, and needs some cases it stiffens overnight but you need to just get up and just release it and get those endorphins going you know um, Robin Sharma who does the 5am club talks about the fact that 20 minutes of exercise in the morning releases more adrenaline than uh, three hours uh, a three hour run during the day because of the state of mind our mind is so relaxed at that point um, so yeah I do that every day and that that gets me going I listen to a podcast um, tons of podcasts you know uh, sorry James a really interesting one I just picked up on what you just said there is that somewhere in there you just said, I listen to my coach. And for someone who's at the top of their game mentoring other people, you still invest in yourself and you have a coach yourself, which I, I think do. is really cool. Which I, I do. Cool. Yeah, and my coach has a coach who has a coach. Right. So it's, 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 you, the, the thing is that we, you know, we, we all learn from, you know, we have the, 
we have the opportunity and we have uh, uh, the fortune to learn from as many people as we can. And everyone has a different way of thinking about it. The funny thing is my coach is almost half my age, um, but so wise, so wise in her ways that, you know, I, I'm sort of like, you know, sometimes spellbound by, by how much knowledge she has. Um, but, you know, her purpose is to share it with the world. And it is, it's the funny thing is, and that's how I align to her because my purpose is exactly the same is, you know, I want to positively impact as many people as I can. Um, and coming back to the earlier point I made about, you know, and I think you mentioned that as well, James, about, you know, uh, having new skills and, and, and learning, like as Tony Robbins says, you know, you've got to constantly learn new skills. I think you, you constantly got to educate yourself, you know, to keep yourself going. And that's what I'm doing now, you know, listen to podcasts. I've watched The Secret all over again. Love it. You know, um, I, I never used to read. Um, I've now got tons and tons of books, you know, like The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks and Reading the Power of a Superior Man. Um, GoPro by Eric Ward is tough for my skills. You know, um, The Seven Spiritual Laws by Dr. Deepak Chopra. You know, I'm, I'm, I never used to read before. I used to read crime novels. Um, I used to read Tom Han- Tom Clancy and Frank Herbert, and it used to take me a year to read a book. And I challenge myself to read two books a month. Um, I'm just, yeah, I just love it. Well, you've got a new podcast to listen to now, with us. Yeah. So, uh, yeah definitely one, definitely <laughs> so okay so for people that don't know just explain to us what sort of mindset coaching is so um there are different forms of mindset coaching and you know my my um uh my my personal uh, sort of view of mindset coaching is um is, is, is to, to an extent, not necessarily rewiring the mind, but it's resetting the mind. And if you break mind up, it's where your mind is set. Uh, and if it's not helping you grow, if it's not helping you achieve or fulfill the life you want, you have an opportunity to reset your thinking and reset your mind. And that's the whole point of mindset, mindset thing, mindset coaching. And it's, I base it on my experience and some of the tools, some of the tricks that I've taken on board over the course of my 25 year career. And the things that I've resonated, things that I've, I've actually woken up to knowing that this has helped me, this has helped me, you know, this hack has helped me grow or, or this hack has accelerated uh, my process to achieving this. That's what my mindset coaching is built on. Yeah. So I, I talk about abundance. Uh, you know, I never used to meditate. My dad used to try and force meditation on me. And I think when something is forced on you, you're more likely to repel from it. Um, but actually when you have a fuller understanding of something, you're more likely to accept it and more, more likely to, to, uh, to actually take it on board. So for me, it's, you know, my, my program is looking at, first of all, ref- we, we do it, we, I do a, a, an exercise of reflection and that's looking back over as far back as you can go. Uh, and, and looking at the, the more than, I don't like calling it, um, sort of failures. I like to call it learning stacks. Um, you know, uh, if you think of like, like Thomas Edison, you know, he talks about, you know, someone said to him that, you know, um, why are you, why are you still inventing light bulb? He said, well, I didn't find, t- I found 10,000 ways not to do it rather than saying 10,000 failures. I found 10,000 ways not to do it. So, you know, the whole idea of anything we experience in life, uh, any, uh, um, any fallback we may have or anything that didn't go our way, we can learn from that. We can learn from the mistakes we made if we're aware of it. Yeah but also celebrate the small successes. So I, I do a program of, of reflection. I then do a program of, uh, um, a program of reinvention. So now that we know 
the things that helped us along the way, the thing that the, 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 the actions we took, the steps we took, the moments that gave us glory and led to success, we can repeat them. A lot of us think, you know, that was then, you know, it's not going to happen again. Well, it's, yeah, it's rubbish. It can happen again if you want it to. You know, um, you know what, why does, why, does uh, why, why was Sampras winning more than every year? Because he knew he could do it, right? Why, why is Nigel Hamilton one of the best, you know, Formula One uh, drivers since uh, in Senna? Because he knew he could do it. He had a belief in it. All he saw was a finish line and just him crossing it. So, you know, you can repeat success. Um, and it's been proven. You know, you take Real Madrid as a football team. You know, I remember going to the Natural History Museum and there was a whole video on what was um, Alex Ferguson's Man United at the time when Sharp, Cantona, Beckham was a young player at the time. And it, it talked about the mind connection, how the players knew where, the, where, where all the other players were ahead of them. So they knew where to pass the ball. Every player always had three players to pass the ball to. That was the, that was the man knew that won trophies consistently. Um, and that was, you know, that's because of un, an understanding of how success fits. This is what success looks like for us, knowing that Cantona's there, Sharp is there, Giggs is on the other side, you know. Uh, uh, and th that is something that we can emulate in our life. Um, and so that's mindset. My, my idea of mindset coaching is knowing those facets of success that we've had in our life and repeating it, having an understanding of what steps I took to get there. We had this on a, a different interview. I remember it's unconscious competence, isn't it? Where it just yeah. becomes autopilot. You totally. Just, yeah. yeah. Yeah, totally. Because our subconscious mind, you know, um, listens to the smaller things, right? You know, if you're going to say, um, I don't want to lose weight, or no, I don't want to gain weight. The thing that your subconscious understands is I don't. It's not going to understand lose. It's not going to understand gain. It's going to understand don't. And so it will do, it will always focus on the negative and the positive. It's the yin and the yang. So we need to feed the right information into our brain. So little things like, you know, knowing that, you know, having positive I am statements you know we have a we're a product of our environment where our parents tend to tell us you know you're not good at this you're never going to get there or you know uh, there's a little one actually there's a um I can't remember his name but there's, there's a TED talk that this uh, professor did uh, and his first name is Christopher I cannot remember his second name for love or money but he talks about how you know from an early age um we program our kids to always um you know to always live in fear Right. Um, you know, when you when, and, and he gives an example of, you know, when you when your child is one or two and they're standing on the second or third step on, on, on the staircase and they're about to jump because they think, you know, that's you know, they're Superman. You know, kids and kids, every kid does that. Right. Every kid wants to jump. They see the step. They want to take a little leap. Um, the first thing we say as parents is don't do that. You're going to hurt yourself. We've just conditioned our child or just conditioned the child. To, to say, you're going to hurt yourself. They haven't experienced hurt yet. They haven't made things with, I mean, they may jump and land on their feet and think, yeah. You know, we should be saying, okay, go on, do that. Do it one step first. Yeah, well, so we're, make, we're making them risk adverse. We're making them risk adverse. Yeah, oh, totally. Okay. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think, yeah, um, you know, we're a product of our environment. And coming back to my point about I am statements, you know, having positive I am statements that I am successful. I am, I am fit and healthy, uh, I am rich, I am wealthy, I am abundant. You know, having those things every morning, writing those identity statements, that's one thing I do is having positive identity statements down, um, is, uh, is something that works. Um, I tested this quite recently, so I was on a flight to Chicago back in October, 
uh, from work and uh, my coach said to me, okay, I want you to um, create a wonder statement. So I had these 10 wonder statements of what's happening over the next three months of my life that I knew. So I said, I wonder what it would feel like to fly a business class. On my, and then she said, no, I want you to be more specific. So I thought, okay, I know I'm going to Chicago in, three, in, in, in 20 days. So I said, I wonder what it would feel like to fly, fly business class on my flight to Chicago in October. I'm standing, and this is God's honest truth. Um, I'm standing in the queue, because I remember putting my wife and telling her, I'm standing in, in the group three queue to get onto the BA flight. And I just, for some reason, my phone, I had to update the boarding pass because I'd, I'd lost it. So I updated on the app the boarding pass. And it said group two. No, just a group three. Why am I in a group two queue? So I went to the group two queue. I didn't cotton to the fact that my seat number had changed. When I was on seat 24A. It changed to 4A. Um, I'd been upgraded to business class. It was the weirdest sensation ever. Um, and, you know, it, it's kind of like, you know, now I may not have written those wonder statements. That may have happened anyway. But I don't know that, that at the time. Um, but it's because I wrote that down and I thought, shit, it actually happened. So, you know, the whole idea is when you're open to these things, when you start to positively create that environment within you, things do start to happen because I think you become more aware. I mean, again, I mean, with that, I am a big fan of, big believer of what get measured gets improved. Mm -hmm. um, so, and yeah, that does start with writing goals down. It does start with writing down what it is that you actually want. Um, yeah. And then I think subconsciously, whether you know it or not, you are going to focus more on it. Yeah. Especially if you can see it on a regular basis as well. Yeah. What does the future look like for you, Vekas? What does it look like? Um, well, I'm turning 50 this year. So uh, massive milestone there. Um, was planning to go to Hawaii earlier in the year, but it's going to happen. I know it will. Uh, maybe more al aligned to my 50th. Um, for me, um, very much looking forward to um, the coaching program. And, and I want to help as many people as I can in one way or another. Um, I'm launching the program. First part of the launches will be launched this weekend, fingers crossed. Um, I've written it down, so it should happen. Um, and I think that that's where the, the future for me is just, for me, I, I class it as, you know, just living the most abundant version of myself uh, in whatever form it, it comes in, wherever it takes me. Um, you know, I think if I look back, you know, things have happened um, just knowingly through action I've taken, but sometimes subconscious action, the, the, the unknowing subconscious action, as you say, James. Um, so, yeah, I think just, just living an abundant life and just helping as many people as I can. Where, where can the listeners find you? Where can they find you on social media, everywhere else? I'm all over LinkedIn, Instagram. Um, I'm on Facebook. Um, I'm uh, about to go on to, dare I say, TikTok no, as well. No. Um, <laughs> you had to do some dances for us. Uh, I'm, yeah, no, 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 no dances. Mainly, mainly posts of mainly posts of the dog. Um, <laughs> so uh, we've got a Cavalier King Charles Spaniel. So uh, he's my my little baby. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, um, there's a lot. There's, there's not many much mindset stuff on. On, on TikTok and with the with the kind of audience that's there, I think is there's a great opportunity. It's so on Instagram, it's Vcas Aurora One. Um, on uh, Facebook, it's the same. If you search for Vcas Aurora Business and Mindset, uh, I've got two profiles on there. Um, and also on LinkedIn, you know, Vcas Aurora. Uh, 
and uh, so yeah pretty much the same handle i try and try and keep it consistent where i can yeah yeah um, there are a few of us around the world so sometimes <laughs> the, the handle isn't the same um, yes, i sent yeah. james a um, a youtube link the other day i says is this vikash for me he's like no mate no <laughs> <laughs> not on youtube yet hopefully, hopefully. <laughs> yeah one day <laughs> great to be a part of part of the community no, no, we'll share what i can us. it's been a pleasure we'll, we'll share tons yeah. of stuff no thank you very much for the opportunity guys yeah fantastic nice. have a great day you too guys cheers Bye, take care